Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me today for another podcast. Before we jump into the lesson today, I want to make you aware of some resources. Again, one of the things that I learned from one of my mentors, John Maxwell, is that for leadership to really develop, there has to be ongoing resourcing. Now, that means two things to you as a leader. Are you resourcing yourself and are you putting in the hands of people around you that you need to lead resources for them? That being said, I've written just a number of books, and one of the things is that uh, they're great resources. They're great reads, and really they're designed to uh, be broken down because I wrote them the way I read. I want to see the highlights, and then I want the highlights to be an outline, and I want the outline to be something I can translate into my language, to my team, to my organization. So that being said, uh, this month, if you would like, uh, you can get any two of my books for $15. Any two of my books for $15. I was looking at a book today that I wrote a long time ago, and it's The Emotions of the Leader. And I was looking at the, the five landmines, the emotional landmines that every leader has to navigate around. I was looking at Uh, the principles that every leader has to master. And so just the highlights themselves are an outline to get you going in your thought process. So if you go onto my webpage, uh, GeraldBrooksMinistries.com, you can pick up uh, any two of them for $15, and we'd love to get those to you. That being said, today I want to talk to you about leading with your faith leading with your faith. Here's what I can tell you. Faith is essential for leadership. Faith is essential for leadership. But what I can also tell you, as a leader, faith isn't one-dimensional because there are different kinds of faith when it comes to leadership. There's the faith that you have upward towards God. There is the faith that you have towards others. There's the faith that you even have in yourself, and there's the faith that you have in your team, and there's the faith that you have in your plan. Now, just think about that. God, others, self, team, plan. What does that say to you? You can't lead without faith. You can't lead without faith. Now, here's the challenge. Most all teaching on faith has been taught from an individual concept. It's this is what you need to know as an individual, that you can begin to have faith in God, and you can have faith in what God's doing. But when you're a leader, you need faith on more dimensions than that. So you need that faith towards God, others, self, team, and plan. Now, throughout the Bible, we see examples of leaders using faith. Let me give you a couple of them. Moses had to use faith for an overwhelming organization. Can you imagine what it was like to wake up one day and to realize 
that you were leading millions of people, but it's not just that you were leading millions of people. You were creating the structure, the day-to-day structure, the day-to-day function, the day-to-day uh, means of feeding, of, of housing. You are doing all of that. You talk about faith, faith for an organization that's uh, overwhelming. Man, what am I going to do with my organization? Every time I turn around, there's something new I have to handle. Moses, that's him. David, on the other hand, had faith for an overwhelming cause. Faith for an overwhelming cause. Remember, Goliath came out morning and night. He challenged Israel. Israel was afraid. You ever had problems that don't go away? That's Goliath. You ever have problems that yell at you all through the day? That's Goliath. But what did David know? He had to have faith for an overwhelming cause. What do we see about David? Is there not a cause? On the other hand, Jehoshaphat, he had to have faith against overwhelming odds. Overwhelming odds. The odds against him. Five different groups of people are attacking all at once. Man, the odds are overwhelming. And then you see Gideon, faith for overwhelming circumstances. He's going to attack basically 30,000 plus people, and he's going to do it with 300. And so that being said, you see these examples. Moses, faith for an overwhelming organization. David, faith for an overwhelming cause. Jehoshaphat, faith for overwhelming odds. And Gideon, faith for overwhelming circumstances. Here's the thing. If you're going to lead, you need faith. So what does faith look like in a leader's life? What does faith translate into when it comes to leadership? Let me just give you uh, just some principles about faith and leadership. The first one is this. If you're going to have faith in leadership, then you have to see the big picture. You have to see the big picture. The nature of leading is you see more than others see. You see sooner than others see. You see further than others see. You have to see the big picture. Hebrews 12, verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. What does that say? A person of faith has to elevate. They have to see. But it doesn't just stop there. It says he was the author and finisher of our faith. But then it gives an example of how he led in the worst moment of life, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame that is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, here's the deal. It says he endured, he endured the cross, he endured the shame of the cross, and he did it because of joy. What was the joy? The joy was one day he gets to have a relationship with you. One day he gets to have a relationship with me. See, what faith is, is faith is handling the moment by seeing something bigger than the moment. Can you see the big picture? Can you face the moment, but can you see tomorrow? That's what you have to see. You have to be able to say, yeah, this is the moment, but I'm looking at tomorrow. In my book, Snapshots of Faith, I talk about um, that there's three kinds of faith that every person has to have. They have to have triumphant faith that deals with problems. 
uh, transformational faith that deals with them, but transcending faith that deals with heaven. And transcending faith to me is the key of the three. If you don't have transcending faith, triumphant faith will be fleeting. Uh, transformational faith will probably never happen. Why? Because you have to see bigger than today and you have to see bigger than you. Transcending faith. So number one, if you're going to lead with faith, you have to lead seeing the big picture. Number two, if you're going to lead, don't watch the clock. Here's the simple analogy. You can either uh, look at the clock or you can look at his face, but you're not going to look at the face of Jesus and look at the clock. Habakkuk chapter 2 verses 2 through 3. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon the tablets that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end of it he shall speak and not lie. And though it tarry, wait for it. See, here's the thing. He's talking about faith. In fact, we know that the verses in Habakkuk where it says, and now the just shall live by faith, that those verses are describing, but what if he tarry? What do you do when you're in a hurry, but God's not? Can you still have faith? Most people fail the journey of faith, not because they can't have faith for the moment, but because they don't know how to have faith when the clock isn't according to their schedule. So don't watch the clock. And sometimes as leaders, we want it to happen. Man, I I have a certain premise, and that is yesterday. When we have an idea, why wasn't it done yesterday? I don't know of a leader who's not in a hurry. But yet on the other hand, in Isaiah it says, he that believes will not make haste. Sometimes God just isn't in a hurry. We want it now, but God says, now it's not good for me. We want it immediately, but God says, immediately it's not good for you. So here's what we see. If you're going to lead in faith, then you're going to have to be the person who sees the big picture. You're going to have to be the person who doesn't watch the clock. Number three, if you're going to lead in the faith, you're going to have to learn to lighten the load. You're going to have to learn to lighten the load. Hebrews 12.1, it says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. If you're going to lead, you've got to learn to lighten the load. You can't carry things you don't need to be carrying, and you can't carry them a long time if you can let go of them. See, leadership many times has an accumulating effect on you, and the accumulating effect on you is just simply this. You're carrying the load. The load's on your back. You never lighten the load. You never take the load off. And if you do that, you're going to find yourself not being able to be a person of faith. You're going to find yourself not being the individual of faith. And the reason for that is you're going to feel like it's on your shoulders when it needs to be in God's hands. It was interesting years ago, uh, I was reading an article. The article was talking about how weight increases the expense of an airliner. 
Now, several years ago, if you went to the DFW airport and you walked on an American Airlines plane, you would see a logo, but the majority of the plane was just the metallic silver. It wasn't painted, no paint on it. It just had the logo, but you thought that was the look. The reason American Airlines didn't paint the whole plane and just painted the logo on was the paint on the average plane equals 1,500 pounds. 1,500. Doesn't seem like much when you're watching it go on, but when you put it on a whole plane, 1,500 pounds. Now, the expense of carrying an extra 1,500 pounds from Dallas to LaGuardia or Dallas to uh, LAX is just pretty, pretty expensive. So they said, how do we lighten the load? In your life, you need to figure out what is it that you don't need to carry and what is it that someone else can carry. So that being said, number four, faith is contagious. And what this means is that faith of the leader affects other people. Faith of the leader. We see this in Joshua chapter 4 and verse 12. Faith is contagious. What we know about a leader's faith is that it doesn't just affect them. It affects everyone around them. And when we say that it affects everyone around them, what we're saying is this. My outlook is reflective in my organization. See, as a leader, your faith has a far more reaching impact than you may think. When you believe, others want to believe. But when you doubt, others will doubt. It's like the old phrase, when the leader sneezes, the organization catches a cold. You as a leader, you're either raising the lid or you're lowering it. So, when it talks about Caleb going to Joshua and he says, I'm more than able to take this city. Here was the thing. His faith began to inspire others. If he thinks this can happen, then it can happen. Number five, there has to be hope. And so the nature of a leader's faith is leaders not only inspire faith in others, but they inspire hope in others. We cause other people's hope to begin to stand out. And what we know is now faith is the substance of things hoped for, that people have to have hope. So let's just go through these thoughts. See the big picture. Don't watch the clock. Lighten the load. Faith is contagious. There has to be hope. Number six, faith is best when it's we, not me. Faith is best when it's we, not me. What does that mean? It means Matthew chapter 8 and verse 6, the centurion. My servant lieth at home. What was he saying about his faith? My faith isn't just for me. My faith is for we. Here's the thing. Whenever you see Jesus describe someone having great faith, it wasn't faith for them. It was faith for someone else. Why? Because Followers, many times, their faith is about me, but leaders, their faith is about we. 
And the more you get faith in your organization about we rather than me, the better your organization runs. So you want to model faith where people are thinking, well, they're believing for everyone. Well, you begin to inspire them to believe for things they've never believed for. So six, faith is best when it's we, not me. Seven, get the work issue. Get the work issue. You know, this is one of those transition points about faith, especially in leadership. James 2.17, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Get it? Even if, if it's faith and it doesn't have works, it is faith, but it's dead faith. It's non-productive. Why? Because it's not all faith and no works, but it's also not all work and no faith. As a leader, you have to help people to understand that faith is going to be a part of the mechanism of your organization. It is going to be a driving force. But when we talk about having faith in God, faith in each other, faith in the plan, faith in the organization, what we're not saying is faith sometimes is a substitute for work because some people want to believe God for everything and do nothing. But the Bible says there's this balance. It's not all faith and it's not no work and it's not all work and no faith. So you've got to be able to balance those two. So you've got to get that work issue. When do you need to be on the, we got to get this done side. And when do you need to be on, we've got to believe this side. When do the meetings focus on the work that needs to be done? When do the meetings focus on the faith that needs to be exercised? When do you migrate model, couple those things together? When do you do that? So again, the principle, see the big picture, don't watch the clock, lighten the load, faith is contagious, there has to be hope, faith is best when it's we, not me, get the work issue, and number eight, never become toxic. Never become toxic. Here's the concept. When you stand praying, forgive. You know, it's interesting that when Jesus taught faith, He taught faith and he said the thing that is most likely to cause you to have a problem with your faith is if you're unforgiving. And so what he's dealing with is that we can't have a a heart that is reaching out to God while maintaining toxicity towards others. Let me just simplify it. There's no future in anger. It was Nelson Mandela who said, you can't lead and be angry. Can I tell you as a leader, there are plenty of things to be disappointed about. There are plenty of people to be frustrated with. There are just plenty of things that are going on at any moment where you just want to say, I can't believe this. And if you're not careful, you will let the toxicity begin to rise up inside you. But here's what you need to know. You can't lead and be angry because anger kills the faith issue. It stops it. That's why the Bible says, when you pray, forgive. You got to be immediate with it. You can't be sort of, I'm going to play around with this. And so throughout the examples of leadership, we see this continuum. 
see the big picture, don't watch the clock, lighten the load. Faith is contagious. There has to be hope. Faith is best when it's we, not me. Get the work issue. Never become toxic. Nine and 10. Learn to bounce. Learn to bounce is the fact that you get down, but you don't stay down. You get thrown down, but you keep getting up. It is the concept of what the Bible says that uh, we may fail, but we keep getting up and we keep that there's buoyancy in us that no matter how hard we're pushed under, we always come back to the top because we are made to rise to the top. Here it is. Leaders don't get knocked down less, rather they get up more often. That's the thought. If you're going to lead, you're going to get knocked down more. You're just going to get up more often. So can you bounce? Can you be the person that Paul talked about in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, where he says, we're knocked down, but we're not knocked out? Can you have that bounce factor? Can you have that moment in your life where you are bouncing back? And number 10, gratitude. See, gratitude changes your attitude. And so when it comes to life, here's what we know. Your gratitude will change your attitude. It stops you from becoming negative. It stops you be, from looking at life in and, and, and the most uh, impure ways. It makes you conscious of the good that's happening rather than the bad. It makes you conscious of what is happening rather than what's not happening gratitude. It changes everything. The story of the 10 lepers and one comes back to say thanks. And Jesus says, hey, where are the other nine? And only one came back to say thanks. And he says, you've been made whole. There's a difference between being healed and made whole, but gratitude changes your attitude. So let's go over them. See the big picture. Don't watch the clock. Lighten the load. Faith is contagious. There has to be hope. Faith is best when it's we, not me. Get the work issue. Never become toxic. Learn to bounce back. And gratitude changes your attitude. Let me go back to the beginning. Faith is essential for leadership. You're not going to lead you without faith. You're not going to lead others without faith. So you've got to be able to process faith in your organization so that one, you're having faith upward, downward, sidewards. Other people are having faith upward, downward, sidewards. And that you've taught each other that we believe up towards God. We believe sideways towards each other. And we believe downward towards people who may not be in the organization or outward. And so we are believers. Why? Because if you lead, you got to believe in God, believe in others, believe in yourself, your team, and your plan. Just some simple thoughts. Really, what I just gave you is how I write a book. I just want the headlines. If you give me the headlines, I'll be able to take the headlines and do something with them. And I'm sort of circling back to the offer, any two books for $15. If you go through and you just take the headlines of any of my books, of any of their chapters, you have a sermon. You have a leadership lesson you have something that you can dive into. This was a simple lesson, leading with your faith. I pray that you would do that. I think you will be blessed if you do. Thank you so much. 
Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to geraldbrooksministries.com.